your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 325 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and join Pilsy and I this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to get in on the conversation. It's interactive radio, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, there's two series remaining in the First round, the Vegas Golden Knights heading into Game 7 tonight. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs got just a game closer to such after a valiant comeback. Sure, we'll give them that, but the Habs win in overtime. So that one heads to a Game 6 in Montreal in front of fans in Canada. As a Canadian, you have to appreciate that. We're one step closer to this pandemic being behind us. We'll have a full recap of those games. Head in to the series that are now set. We've got a couple in the note. We'll get Pilsy's predictions for that. And a very important day in Sens history. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Friday, May 28th, and Pilsy, say what you want about the Leafs and Habs, but as a Canadian, you have to be excited to see fans heading into the arena. There's going to be 2,500 fans in Montreal on Saturday night. Yeah, I think that's the silver lining for all Sens fans having to watch this series is knowing that at least the next game should have an uptick in excitement with some fans there. Like you said, 2,500 fans in the Bell Centre. That may not seem like a lot, but they're going to have that place rocking because, Ross, I saw ticket prices for this game and they're going for $1,900 each. Wow, and that I'm assuming is before fees as well. It's just so nice that it's a step closer to the pandemic being finished. And that's after we saw so many fans pack the buildings in both Long Island and Nashville, Carolina, all these states that are opening up, no masks even in the building. Now in Montreal, of course, it'll all be socially distanced. And that's such a minuscule amount of fans compared to the amount they can capacity in there where I think it's 19,000. So it won't be really on the level as the States, but it is a step closer to normalcy. So we'd love to see that. How did we get to this game six? Well, the Habs jumped out early, early against the Leafs, and you knew they would come out desperate. They're facing elimination. They've been embarrassed, frankly, over the last three games of this series. How did you find the start of this game? Did you think it was going to be as close as it ended up being? Well, if you would have asked me who the hero, well, I guess he wasn't really the hero, but kind of who's got this game started for the Habs, I would not have said Joel Armia getting both goals and putting the Habs up 2 nothing. But the the Habs goals were just kind of lucky, sloppy garbage goals. And hey, you'll, you'll take them any way they can come. But for the Leafs to be giving up that kind of uh, offense to a team that they've been able to kind of stifle this whole series is disappointing for them. And then they actually make the comeback, but... Overtime doesn't go their way. 
Since 2015, when Carey Price gets three or more goal support in the playoffs, they're 10-0, and 0, which I thought was a pretty wow. incredible stat. Um, you're right, though. They, they had to earn it in overtime because although they went up 3-0 and Kotkaniemi gets a third goal and Habs Twitter immediately thinks of Brady Kachuk, which was what, just when you know that you've broken the brains of Habs fans asking how many playoff goals Brady has. Um, who would you rather on your team? heading into a playoffs. You heard Kurt Watkins. That's what he's most excited about. Our Send Central Citizen from yesterday saying, we need to see Brady Kachuk in a playoff series. I don't think it'll take long before he can get past Kakaniemi six goals. And Kelly Leach puts out a great point too. We're counting goals from that 2014 play in his playoff goals now, huh? Yeah, and Kakaniemi was a healthy scratch to start this series. So, like building your argument, those are those are some crumbling foundation uh, points that maybe your argument really isn't that great. So we, you got if you guys want Kakaniemi and you want to build him up, go ahead. We're happy yeah, with Brady. It's, it's all good, but may we remind you when the term goals come up, we can just point to the fact that Kakaniemi has as many in his 171 game NHL career. The Brady Kachuk had it 82 games as a rookie in 2018. That's 22 goals, by the way, there. Anyways, I digress. A little Sens spin on that one because, yeah, it, I saw it on multiple tweets. Like, the, the first thing that they do when Kotkaniemi does anything is think about Brady Kachuk. So, anyways, they had more to think about once this game got to overtime. Alex Galchenyuk has a couple nice passes, and if you saw Myrtle on Twitter, apparently the Leafs rebuilt his passing, and, that was definitely on display in overtime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit to Galchenyuk. Great Spot pass. It's, yeah. It start, started the breakout, led to a two-on-one. I think he just he got his years mixed up, and he forgot he was playing for the Leafs this time around and not the Habs. I mean, uh, a friend of the show, Tyler Ray, pointed out he's played on so many teams, you can't expect the guy to remember what team he's on on any given night. So that's that's fair for Galchenyuk. And then that 2 on oh, you you just knew that that was going to end the game. Like it just had that vibe, that feeling. And when when two guys are able to pass it back and forth so freely like that, there's no chance for Jack Campbell there. And Bogosian had a terrible pinch earlier on in the play, which created all that. I knew it was going to go in too because the way Bogosian pinched, it kind of created a a lesser man situation. We know Cole Caulfield excels when there's less players on the ice, a little more space for him, but. I believe that was his first NHL assist as well. We know he's got a, a few goals up his sleeve, but um, that was a beauty pass. Can't uh, can't take that away from him. And Nick Suzuki ending it. Nobody really knew it was in the net. It was in and out so fast. So that was interesting. It was great. 59 seconds into overtime. I was working the game at TSN last night. So I was like, all right, let's get this over with quick. I was nervous we were going to be in for another you know, triple overtime like we saw on Monday in the Winnipeg Jets and Edmonton Oilers series. So the Jets are just waiting. Or whoever's going to win this series. Do you think it's over on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think the Leafs will finally finish them. And But the home crowd will make a difference. And I think the, the Montreal players will actually wake up this time. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I'll go on record as saying if the Habs win on Saturday, they win the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember I said tongue-in-cheek jokingly, the Habs have the Leafs right where they want them, up <laughs> two games in a series. That's legit. Like, these... The Leafs are addicted to choking. Someone gets some CPR, the Heimlich maneuver. Like they need to have all these things ready for when the Leafs inevitably choke. Because every single time you think they have it in the bag and you think they finally have things figured out, they just let it all crumble. 
Yeah, so that one continues, I guess, more hockey because after tonight, there'll be the only series left in the National Hockey League, and that's because we got Game 7, Vegas, Minnesota. This has been a tight series from Game 1 when it was a one nothing overtime victory for Minnesota. You don't see that often with both goalies getting, uh, well, I guess you can't call it a shutout for Flurry, but without allowing a goal during regulation. And then Vegas goes off and rattles off three wins in a row. You're like, okay, Vegas has found their mojo. Could we get a gentleman's sweep? Could we get this over with in a hurry? Not so fast. The Minnesota Wild double up Vegas 4-2 and then shut them out in game six, 3-0. Cam Talbot was fantastic. What are you expecting to see tonight? I think the magical dust that's surrounding the Minnesota Wild is going to fade. And I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to take care of them. Like, like I keep saying, like I just think... There's so much on the Golden Knights plate and they have such, they're so aligned to contend for the cup this season. I don't think they're going to let it happen that a random Minnesota wild team. That's all of a sudden excited to watch is going to beat them at seven games. It's going to be intense, but the way I see it, I'm kind of looking already to the second round for this because Colorado has been sitting there waiting. I think whenever you're waiting in the playoffs, it's only a bad thing. You're you're letting that edge to your game kind of fade. So if Vegas wins, they're going to steamroll the Avalanche. Well, I shouldn't say steamroll, but they're going to beat them. But if Minnesota wow. wins, then I think the Avalanche can take advantage of, of a weaker opponent and they can beat the Wild. So this game has so much kind of ripple effect on how the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs are going to go. The rest versus rust debate is always an interesting one come playoff time. And Sens fans know that all too well from 2007. We're going to get to this day in Sens history a little bit later on. We also know now officially another playoff series. Yesterday, we broke down a little bit into a preview of what to expect from the New York Islanders Boston Bruins series, but with Carolina knocking out the Nashville Senator, I mean Predators. They have so many former Sens on their team. We now know who they're going to play. We'll tell you about that right after I power up with a Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Come in 16 amazing flavors as well. I recommend the Mixed Box. You can grab that and never get tired of the same old, same old. Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy or girl because unlike most protein bars, these are low in calorie, low in sugar, Yet they're high in protein and high in fiber. You can literally lose or maintain weight while indulging in these delicious treats. But there's so many to choose from. Pillsy, narrow us down with your pick of the day. Well, my pick of the day, I'm going to go to a fruit flavor, guys. And this is one of my favorite ones. The mix of cherry and chocolate is so nice. So I'm going to guide you guys towards Cherry Barcia. It's a chocolate cherry protein bar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. If you love chocolate covered cherries, you're going to love this. It's a whole bar of that. So go ahead, go to BuiltBar.com and try out Cherry Barcia today. Yeah, check out BuiltBar.com for sure. And when you're at checkout, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com and you'll get 15% off your next order. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, Pillsy, the Nashville Predators put up a valiant fight against the Carolina Hurricanes, but ultimately fell short. The favorite moves on. Four straight games decided in overtime. That is only the third time in National Hockey League history that that 
situation has arisen. What were your main takeaways from this series? I think my biggest takeaway is this was probably the most electric series for the fans. Like in Carolina, which we don't often say, that place was absolutely crazy. And then Nashville, of course, we know from the Stanley Cup Finals, they had that, that's a hockey city and they get rowdy there as well, especially with things kind of more opening up all the bars around the area and all the the country music scene that goes on in Nashville. That place is just crazy. So I think for me, getting to watch all those overtimes with all those fans was the cool as part of this series because that's something we forgot about yeah four games straight to overtime but six overtime periods a couple double ot thrillers in there where nashville ended up clawing their way back into the series series the better team won though nashville all credit to them they played well but this carolina hurricanes they're built to go on a deep run here they have depth and they got jacob slavin back he was fantastic uh last night dougie hamilton putting away the game tying goal in the third period and it was a battle of two young netminders who are both pretty small in stature which you don't often see but Alex Adelkovic and UC Saros deserve all the stick taps especially from a goalie friendly show we love to see that but it was just your classic overtime goal they're not all beauty two on o's sometimes they're just a little wrist shot and it was a sneaky little deflection from Sebastian Ajo to end it yeah there was a lot of deflections and nice kind of like shot pass goals, you know what I mean? Like backdoor tap-ins. Like they, the yep. Carolina Hurricanes did a really good job of that. Dougie Hamilton is just increasing his dollar amount for this free agent uh, offseason for him. And I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be a problem for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it's tough if you're the Hurricanes. Finally, it seems like you got everything together. And who do you get round two? The reigning Stanley Cup champions that have loaded up for the playoffs. So, that I, I can see that series going to seven, and I, I'm not confident in picking a winner, to be honest. I think I'm leaning Tampa Bay, but it's hard to go up against the Hurricanes. Well, we're going to get your official prediction for Boston and New York because that series starts on Saturday night. Of course, we'll be back on Monday to break it down. Also, in the locker room, you can join us there on Sunday morning. Just download the locker room app for that. But Carolina becomes the second one seed to move on along with Colorado because the Islanders upset the Penguins already. And the Leafs are still spinning their wheels in mud. And we'll see if they can end off the Habs on Saturday or on Monday night. But it's Carolina. It's Tampa. Just seeing the three seed beside Tampa is just such a a mind-numbing experience because of the players they missed during the regular season and how they've just come in with authority. And, hey, I'm still giving credit to the Florida Panthers. They put up a good fight. But this Lightning team is, pardon my my pun here but they're electric they're so fun to watch and it's a battle of uh of natural disasters here with the hurricanes and the lightning although lightning is i wouldn't say a disaster but um it can be yeah well there you go thanks you, you bailed me out on that one but <laughs> i'm gonna go with tampa and six in this series um i'm not gonna put you on the spot just yet but we will need a prediction for you for islanders and bruins Okay, Islanders, Bruins. I, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going against the Islanders. It's again. I, I got to. I I can't stay on this hill and start climbing down. Now I'm climbing up. I'm doubling down. The Bruins are going to beat the Islanders. I just think there's there's too much firepower. Like you have. Other than the Colorado Avalanche top line, you have the best line in hockey. And then you just casually mix in Taylor Hall with Krejci and Smith on that second line. And that decor is better than I think myself and other people give them credit for. Brandon Carlo is a great shorthanded guy. 
McAvoy is amazing. The uh, Grizzlick, some of these guys are really coming into their own at a young age. And then Tuka Rask is here this time in this playoffs. He, he ain't Tristan Jari, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. So I think it's going to be tough for the Islanders. I got Boston in six. My heart says Islanders in seven. My brain says Boston in four. So I'll split the difference. I'll say Boston in five games here. I, I think that wow, okay. I think they're going to be close games, but Boston just has that separating aspect and you look at the trade deadline the islanders were rumored to be in on taylor hall so i think that that could come back and bite them that ultimately they have to face him now in the postseason and meanwhile i mean kyle palmary contributed an overtime winner and i believe game one of that first round but taylor hall is just on a completely different level yeah, I mean, former MVP, so that's fair. And I think Lou Lamorello got, uh, he had the rose-colored glasses on there trying to bring the boys back from New Jersey. He mm-hmm. he wasn't in New Jersey when Taylor Hall was, so he's not one of his boys. So he brought back Zajac, Palmieri, and then Green they brought back uh, Last the season year. before. So, yeah. like, that's basically the, the New Jersey Islanders, essentially. But I think, yeah, like you said, none of these games are going to be blowouts. They're going to be close. But Physical. Yeah, it's going to be a physical series, that's for sure. But Boston just has too much pedigree. Like, look at what the players on Boston have accomplished. And no offense, then go look at what the players on the Islanders have accomplished. Big difference. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it, though. That's for sure. And like I said, it's Saturday night. So, again, not waiting for the Canadian division. Just like they didn't wait for us to finish the regular season up here before jumping into playoffs. It'll be game six between Habs and Leafs and then game one between the Islanders and Bruins. We're fired up for that. We're going to get a Sens Abroad updated scoring leaders chart. We'll bold out the players who have been eliminated. The list is long, 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 especially now that Nashville is out there as well. But this is the Locked On Senators podcast. We do have some Sens news and a day in Sens history for you. But first, we got some stick taps to give out. Damian Rhodes turns 52 today. The former Sens goalie is still third all-time in games played by a Sens netminder. And he's also, Pilsy, the only goalie who's been credited to score a goal. Yeah, you love to hear that from a, a goalie. And Ross, let them know what the score of that game was. I think that's that's the absolute chef's kiss of the, of the goalie goal here. Yeah, and it's a strange situation. It's a quirky first because the Sens won the game 6-0. Oftentimes, you see a goalie go for the empty net. It's dramatic. It's fun when he hits it. But this was a bit different. So Damian Rhodes just made a save. And the puck then goes into the corner. Lyle Odeline, it's a delayed penalty on the Ottawa Senators. So once they touch the puck, it's over. However, the puck went off of his his pad. So no control of the puck. Play goes on. And then Lyle Odeline tried to pass it back to the point. It goes well past Scott Niedermeyer and all the way into the net. So as the last Senator to touch the puck, it's credited to Damian Rhodes. So that's obviously a big memory, but getting a shutout and scoring a goal in the same game, that hasn't happened much in NHL history, that's for sure. The Devils, though, were only were only down one nothing when Rhodes gets credited with this goal. So you got to think that is an absolute backbreaker for them. So uh, pretty, pretty wild here uh, when it comes to looking back. And Damian Rhodes was a staple in the Sens goal between 95 and 99. And you look at it, Pilsy, one of the only tendies, the only other one I could think of is Martin Gerber. I know Ray Emery got into a couple of games with the Marlies at the end of his career, but he played for the Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. 
Yeah, that is a weird, uh, that's a weird combo to have. Although, so, like, maybe for goalies, but recently with players, there's been a lot of Leaf Sense yep. trades. I mean, yeah. even coaches, geez. Yeah, no no question about that. And you think that, um, you think back to Martin Gerber after he was claimed off of waiver, he's still wearing the Darth Vader style helmet and the, the Sens colors, yet he's wearing the Maple Leafs jersey. It was just so, so strange to see. But that was in the period after the Sens went to the Stanley Cup final. That's our hint at today in Sens history. But first, let's, let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. It's the only sports book we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a great relationship with Bet Online, and that's why they've given us the opportunity to share with you a 50% welcome bonus. So here's how you get it you go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account, and use promo code LOCKED ON. When you make your first deposit, and 50% will just be deposited in your account. Bingo, bango, bongo. You put in $100, $50 right there for you. Put in $200, and $100 goes right into your account. Pilsy, hit these folks with the fine parlay of the day. It's only one game on the horizon, or are you going to mix in a couple different sports here? No, I'm sticking with hockey for now. I think once the playoffs get uh, a little uh, dwindled down and we're in the semifinals, maybe I'll mix in some other sports. But for now, I like this game enough that I've got two options here. So you already know I'm going Vegas Golden Knights. Their money line at minus 172. I think that's decent odds. So I'm taking that as part of it. And then I think one of these goalies is getting a shutout. So I'm taking the under. The under is five at plus 117. So Vegas Golden Knights money line. And the under of five, put 10 bucks in, you're going to win 24-32. That is Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day. I like going with the under in a game seven in a series that's already had three shutouts. Good stuff. You're in the action, though. That's what's important. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't forget the promo code either. Locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book expert. All right, Pilsy, we're going to get to a note on the NHL Central Scouting. They put out their draft list, but we've been teasing it this day in sense history. And you mentioned it. Waiting sucks in the playoffs when you finish a series too early. And in 2007, the Sens did just that. Their first round, five games. Their second round, five games. Their third round, five games. And that caused a long wait, almost two and a half weeks after Alfie ended the Sabres season before you even found out the opponent because the uh, Anaheim Ducks and Detroit Red Wings went seven games in their series. But after that long break, it was today, 14 years ago, that Ottawa played their first modern-day Stanley Cup Finals game. Now, my dad flew down to Anaheim for that game. I was so jealous. I still have the ticket stub for it. And it was a close game. Like, Say what you want about the series. I know it also only lasted five games and for the wrong team winning that one. But this game went right down to the wire. It was 2-2. Wade Redden and Mike Fisher contribute power play goals for Ottawa. And it was just with two minutes left that the Ducks found a way to get get the winner. Yeah, that, that's tough. And especially, like, then you start looking at the rest of the series. You go to game two, a one nothing win for Anaheim. Like, if Ottawa splits the games in Anaheim, 
Man, you're looking at a whole different series. I think just the momentum would have been different, but I think the big point, and I'll stand by this argument until the day I die, rest in the playoffs is not good, especially when you start creeping over four or five days. Like you're, you're out of the zone. And like when you're getting into weeks of rest for a Stanley Cup final, you've lost your edge and um, families are flying in. You're worried about tickets. You're, you're trying to find a place for grandparents to stay. Like, I think just the, the world just kind of closes in on you. And when you have all that time and you lose sight of what your goal is. So I think that's probably played a bit of an effect. Mind you that Anaheim Ducks team was an absolute wagon. So they probably would have had their way with the Sens either way, but the rest did not help here. Man, Ottawa was winning in this game twice. They opened the scoring a minute and 38 seconds into their first ever modern-day Stanley Cup final game. Like, that's how you get off on the right foot. Mike Fisher from Andre Mazaros and Mike Comrie. It was answered pretty quickly, Andy McDonald. But then Ottawa scores the only goal in the second period as well. So they were heading into the third with a 2-1 lead. And then it slipped away. Five minutes in, Ryan Getzlaff ties it up. And then with under three minutes remaining, Travis Moen gets the, the game-winning goal in that one. Anton Volchenkov led all Senators in ice time, playing 25 minutes. Alfie, of course, led all forwards at 22-40, had an assist, the two shots on goal as well. You look up and down that lineup, though, there's just so much talent. Alfie, Heatley, Spezza, Redden. You had Mike Fisher there, Antoine Vermette. Oh, man, that was just such a fun team. Our boy, Christoph Schubert, got to play in that game as well, and Oh, man. The memories, though, looking back, like you think of that playoff run, there's still a lot, lot to like. It's just too bad that the, it had to end the way it did because ah, if they didn't have that break and let's say uh, let's say things are a little bit differently, I think that could have been a flip series right away. Like every single game up till game five, all three of the Anaheim wins were by one goal, 3-2, 1-0, and 3-2 with Ottawa's 5-3 win mixed in there in their first home game as well. So, uh, it's really unfortunate, but Pilsy, I'm going to go out and say it. It's not going to be too much longer before we are talking about new runs in the postseason as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, next season, it could be the start of that. And I'm so excited for that because it's it's painful watching other Canadian teams in the playoffs when you know, especially when you know the Sens could give a better fight or at least a better show than most of these teams. Well, at most, I'm talking about Toronto and Montreal, obviously. Well, Edmonton, too. Jeez. Well, the way that you build to make deep runs in the postseason is through the draft. We know the Sens are likely going to draft 10th, but next week on Wednesday, we'll have the draft lottery and they could either move down a spot or two, very unlikely, or they have a 4.5% chance at drafting first or a 4.8% chance at drafting second. So that's all to come. However, the NHL Central Scouting Bureau put out their final draft rankings and what's really difficult to comprehend about how the nhl central scouting does it is they split it up between north american skaters international skaters and north american goalies and international goalies all separate so it's hard to get what they're really what their real list is but there are a few surprises here now let's focus in first on the north american skaters here they have owen power first but then this is a bit of a surprise. Now, Mason McTavish had an unbelievable world under 18s. He went overseas and looked good in Switzerland this year as well. The Ottawa Valley boy is second among North American skaters. And then when we talked to Tony Ferrari, he was boomer bust type with Kent Johnson. And he's in at third. Many are surprised because 
He's not even considered the best prospect for this draft on Michigan. Matthew Beneers all the way down at six. What were your initial impressions when this list came out? I was shocked to see two guys at the bottom, I mean, bottom of this list is six and seven. So that's not bad at all. That's not a negative connotation, but Beneers and Brant Clark at six and seven really shocked me, Ross, because we were talking about Brant Clark with Tony Ferrari too. And he's, he's talking about an amazing right shot defenseman that should have a lot of value. So for him to get bumped down like that, that's very surprising. And yeah, I, my whole opinion this entire time has been that Beneers has been the number one guy. And then the consolation prize is Kent Johnson, but it seems at least for essential scouting that that's flipped now. Yeah. And meanwhile, for European skaters, William Eklund, I don't think there's much surprise there that he's number one, Simon Edvinson, the big, big defenseman out of Frolunda, who's getting comparisons to Victor Hedman is in second. And then Aturati in third, like Craig Button had this guy in the mid twenties in his last draft rankings. And it seems like he'd been fallen after a couple of years ago, he had been considered the cream of the crop for this one. Fabian Lysel, who was an electric offensive player all the way down at ninth among European skaters. So according to this list, if, if we just kind of squeeze them together and assume it kind of goes one, one, two, two, something like that, the Sens are looking at getting a guy like Matthew Beneers, Brant Clark, Fabian Lysel. There's going to be a very good player on the board at 10th overall. Yeah, I don't have a problem with picking 10th because I think there's still a lot of talent. And like at this point, you're not looking for like a savior type, right? Last year, you you needed saviors. <laughs> Tim Stutzla and Sanderson, they could be those guys if they project how it looks like they, they're going to. And I, I think it's quite likely they're going to be top end guys for the Sens. But this now you're kind of looking for support players to, to boost those savior players. So no matter where the Sens pick, they're going to get a guy like that and maybe even better like if this ends end up with Matthew Beneers or Brant Clark somehow oh my god that's gonna be such a bonus for this sense team that I don't know I don't want to say unfortunately but they kind of ruined their lottery odds but that won't matter if they end up getting a player of that talent that far down in the first round most wins in their last 10 games of any team in the lottery the Ottawa Senators and the only, only red numbers on Tankathon <laughs> only the Calgary Flames had six, everyone else five or less, but the Ottawa Senators seven, two, and one in their last 10 games. They have the 10th best odds. Pilsy, let's wrap up today's show with a tankathon spin. So far, we've done this every show since the official lottery was fulfilled, and that's when Calgary and Vancouver ended their season. And so far, through 10 spins, we have eight at 10th overall, and twice they've fallen to 11th. Pilsy, do you want to give us the first spin? Here we go. I don't know. Am I clicking something? Uh, Arizona forfeited pick again for me. I, I, they better hope that I'm not the one doing this draw. Let's let's redraw here. Here we go. All right. This is a little better. Although, you know what? We'll give Detroit their first overall pick. They kind of got screwed last year. And then Columbus, I'm not too worried about either. So Ottawa remains in 10th with Detroit picking one and two. Ottawa remains in 10th for you as I give my spin and Ottawa moves down one spot. The Calgary Flames jump up to second overall, moving up 11 spots and the Buffalo Sabres stay at first overall. So Ottawa down to 11th. Pilsy, this is not looking good, man. We've now spun this thing 12 times and never moved up. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, moving up probably isn't going to happen. I don't think moving down is going to happen either. So let's just get comfortable. I mean, 10, that's a nice number. Like you're picking 10th. I feel like that's that just works out nicely and we're going to get a stud there. You say that at 10, 10 a.m. as we're recording now Whoa. on Friday morning. Hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend. We've got plenty lined up for next week here on the show. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.